Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. All right. How's everyone doing this morning? Are we awake, alive? It's very quiet. You did get your coffee on the way in. We do try to help you out with a tea and coffee if you're in person. Um, I want to go ahead and welcome everyone online and in person. Uh, thank you so much for being with us and uh, excited about what we're doing at the minute. We're in the middle of a series on authority. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We have the umbrella. It is back. I need to actually buy one. I keep borrowing one off my, my dad. Um, but uh, if any of you don't know me, I'm Phil. I'm, I serve as the pastor here and uh, excited about what God is doing in this season. So we kind of talked a little bit about uh, the umbrella and how the umbrella is supposed to be over us uh, last week. And if it's not over us, then we are then vulnerable to the elements. Uh, and sometimes if it's raining and life happens, uh, we can be drenched by dysfunction, pelted by problems, hunted by hell, and uh, it's not fun. Whereas God's design for us is that we would have an umbrella of protection over us, but that can only happen if we do things God's way. So we'll come back to that. And the reality is we live in a culture that is rebellious. We live in a world that is rebellious. We have rebelliousness on the inside of us. I don't know about you, but from I was told as a baby I rebelled. <laughs> There's certain things I wanted and I wasn't allowed. I, I didn't like it and I cried. And, and as I grew, grew older, I, I used to steal food, crisps, McCoy's crisps. As soon as they came in, they went straight out. We're supposed to only have one bag. I had, well, I just had as many as there were. <laughs> so they lasted one day. And then as I grew older, um, I used to cheat. <laughs> I used to cheat on my, with my homework. We sneaky look to my next door neighbor. They were sitting beside me so easy, so natural to think of those ideas to cheat. Uh, and then got older and then started to get sick of teachers telling me what to do. But why? Why do we have to do that? You know, why do we have to do that? Like, come on. Started to question authority, started to question. Then got a little bit older, started to play sports in a structured environment. It wasn't just at the play park uh, and started to get annoyed, everyone else kind of told me in the football circles, you're allowed to get annoyed at the refs, so I started to get annoyed too. And they started bringing these little card things that had colors on them out and, and showing me them, and I'm like, what are you, what's a yellow card? Why did you just point the red card at me? What's that about? And so I didn't like, I was rebelling against authority. I didn't like it. Even culture was telling me that that was okay in some circles, and, and in, in some circles in school, I was experiencing the same when I grew older and I had bosses and, uh, and all of a sudden I, I, the same scenario erupted and 
I had a question to ask myself, and so the question I want to ask today, maybe you've experienced some of those things that I've experienced inside of yourself and even scenarios that have played themselves out, is what is God's take on all of this? What what does the Bible say? And where are we right now in the world in which we see a lot of change, a lot of decisions, and we don't always agree. We might even see injustice. We might see things which are unfair, things which are unbiblical, things which don't look right. We, we see some of you might even talk about end times, one world economy, if you're into that eschatology stuff. And, and yeah, it's there, it's happening, and we have to face it. So today I want to talk to you about authority issues, part two of our authority series. Let's pray. God, I pray and thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word that brings truth and grace. Uh, I thank you that, Father, you've given us the tools that we need to navigate through this season. The grace is with us. The favor is with us. Help us to see clearly in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. One thing I learned a few years ago, and it's one of the most valuable lessons about truth that I've ever experienced and understood, is truth has tension. Think about it. When there's tension in a relationship, there's two people. When, When you're in the court of law, there's right and there's wrong. There's two sides. We're trying to figure out where we're at. There's a defendant and somebody who's been, and someone who's the accuser. We and we have someone in the middle trying to figure out the truth. In theology, we have the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. There, there's two sides, and we see it within scriptures. We see that God is sovereign, and, and God He will choose those who will be saved. We also see evangelists going out to the streets in their twos trying to get people saved. So if God is sovereign, why go out? Because truth has attention. There's two sides to it. And when, we, when the rope is tight, then it's balanced. We have both sides in the equation, and we seek God in that position. So right now, when we're talking about authority, we do the same. We find out, right, what does the Bible say and what is happening on earth and where do we sit? And so I'm going to talk to you about attention right now. It says here in Romans 13, so I want to qualify this because maybe last week some people were questioning, oh, but what what if I, do I have to submit to someone that I disagree with? Do I have to submit to someone that that is, is abusing power? Do I have to submit to someone who is maybe doing something unjust? Well, listen, Rewind back to last week, David was under Saul's leadership. He had a job, essentially, at the palace, and Saul started chucking spears, and, and David didn't stay. He left the job. And so, this is not to promote you coming under and staying in toxic situations. Even Jesus fled. There was a time, watch this, there was a time where Jesus fled from because this time the time was not right he was being led by the authority of the father so he fled being captured but then there was a time where Jesus submitted and surrendered his life to the guards so which is it what well, what guided Jesus was the holy spirit and so from the surface it wasn't black and white it wasn't just do this every time you know, surrender every time or don't surrender, submit every time. It, it wasn't that. It was 
what is God saying in the situation? What do we sense? Is the timing right? Is it not? Even Jesus' first, first miracle, he was, his language was, I'm not sure it's time. But he was under authority of his mother, who said, it's time. And so he actually came under her authority, interestingly, to perform the first miracle at the wedding. And so it says in, in Romans 13 and 1, it says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except that which God has established. So number one, God establishes authority. So Phil, what do you mean? Does that mean like governments who don't even believe in Jesus? Yes. Does that mean, mean the teacher who's an atheist? Yes. Does that mean the police force in our community, even though some of them are getting it wrong across the world and, and, and authorities don't always get it right? Yes. Does that mean the judge, Judge Judy? She's good sometimes, sometimes you mightn't agree with her. Yes. All authority. Well, that's hard to understand, I know. That's hard to work it out, I know. Because we want to, we, we got a better we could do it better, right? I was, that referee, terrible. Now, I thought that too until I had the referee. <laughs> and then I became the victim. And that was just a school. So the Bible actually does in fact command us to submit to authority. And so the question then bears, well, what if? <laughs> what if there's a situation that puts me in conflict. So let's, let's go on to First Timothy 2 and 2. It says, I urge, urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, for all of those, everybody say all, for all of those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. This is good and pleases God our Savior. So, so what I'm seeing here, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, is that the normal way of living is to submit and come under authority in the community in which we live. That's the norm. It's to, to strive for peace, not to try and create problems, not to try and live under that community that we live in, and its rules and its guidelines and all that stuff. And God is actually pleased with that. It's not in conflict with what God's trying to do on the earth. He's not surprised. Now, this is the interesting part. Paul is, is saying this. It's so important that we understand who is Paul saying this to, and what is the context? Like, for instance, in today, there's a lot of shifts, a lot of movement. There's intense, it's an intense culture on the earth, not just in Northern Ireland, on this island in the UK, it's tense everywhere. There's conflict everywhere, COVID, all these questions, masks, vaccines, it's tense. Would you agree? Every family is tense because of the situation. Different opinions, and that's okay. I don't always say that different opinions are bad, because tension is, is to be managed, not to be fixed. It's good to have tension. But it's how we deal with tension is the problem. If we're immature, we deal with it in, an, in a way that's destructive and divisive. 
And so what Paul is speaking to this in an era, in a culture where there's the reign of the probably two worst known tyrants known to history. So, so understand the context. It's chaotic. There's domination. It's dysfunctional in a lot of ways. This is the, the Roman Empire was dysfunctional. It was domineering. Nero was one of the leaders who was said to be one of the worst tyrants known to history. So understand, this is so interesting that Paul has said to come under the authority even though the authority didn't look good. It was as if he was coming in line with what David would have said about, Paul, about Saul. There was maybe something that doesn't meet the eye going on behind the scenes. Maybe God knows something that we don't always see. Maybe God has seen something that we don't always see. Are you with me? But there is an exception. <laughs> Some of you are like, Bill, you better tell the whole truth. You better not just go one way. I'm leaving. There is an exception. So there's a norm we come under. We submit. We're good citizens. We try to live at peace, but there's an exception. And I guess the problem we have in a democratic society is this, that in a democratic society, we're actually called as citizens to examine the public servants. So we have actually been given the voice to vote, but also to raise concerns. That's the way the democratic society is. So, so what's, what's hard in that is that we have been given a voice, and it's very easy when your emotions get attached to decisions and what's going on because you've been given a say, you get mad. And then what can happen is you can start to lose honor and start to lose respect and then forget about the whole authority thing completely. That's where we go wrong. I believe that's where I can go wrong. And so... The exception is this, as long as we do not have to deny Christ, or it doesn't compromise our faith, we come under. But as soon the line is drawn, as soon as we have to deny Christ or compromise our faith, the exception comes into play. And that's where we're like, okay, this has went too far. Example, the church in China was the authorities, the governing bodies, ruled that it was not okay for the church, the Christian church, to meet. Too far. So now the church meets underground. Interesting, interesting, interestingly, interestingly enough, it's exploding with growth under persecution. Because the kingdom that we are part of is upside down. The, the world says, I want to be served. God says, to serve. The, the world says, I want to be rich. God says, be generous to others and give of yourself. The world says, I want a high position. God says, come and lower yourself. And, and be a slave not to sin but to God. And so we're in this interesting situation. We also see the Taliban situation at the minute in Afghanistan. This is the tension I'm sitting in is, okay, we're in a situation with COVID. We want to do our part and 
all that kind of stuff with masks, and we want to come under the authority as best we can, but we're in an awkward situation because I, what I see now is, is it's impacting believers' faith. It's impacting the church in a negative way. As I've talked around with a bunch of pastors, I've realized, whoa, this is not helping us. And then I put it in the grand scheme of things, and I see China, and I see Afghanistan, and people don't have a 99% chance of making it. If they're found out, they die potentially. They might have weeks to live, but yet they still meet. So you understand the tension. You understand there's decisions need to be made. And I'm not making any decision today. I'm just trying to frame. Because at the end of the day, we're led by the Holy Spirit. And so we look at the tensions and then we seek God. And we, and we trust God. And when we, listen, we see when God tells us and speaks to us, it's more powerful than us just working it out with our mind. Because we, when we sense the Holy Spirit speaking, then we trust the voice of God and we act with it because we're not now acting on our own strength, our own accord, our own mind, our own smartness, our own wisdom. It's now God has spoken. And that's what gives, well, if we don't start on that foot, <laughs> we don't go with power. We don't go with strength. We go, just go with our own might. But it's not by strength. It's not by our own power. It's by the Spirit. Are we, are we tension? Spirit. We need the tension of the rope to be tight. And then we seek God for guidance and we make decisions. And so this is the situation I'm in. I seek guidance. I talk to other pastors. I, I sense what's going on. We get a sense of what God is saying. And then we make a decision as best we can within that situation. Amen? And so, when it comes to that situation, the scripture is in Acts 5 and 29, says we must obey God rather than human beings. And so that's our tension. We come under authority as a norm, but God is the ultimate authority. And as we seek God with that tension in place, as we live in the now and the not yet, meaning we're on earth. God has sent Jesus to die and release his kingdom come. And it came in part, but not yet, not in full. Meaning, it hasn't fully came into its fullness. We prophesy in part, but, but one day we will know in full. And so we sit in the tension. It's really important. So I was just thinking about a story. Um, just to help you understand, help me understand, to piece this all together, of a young lad that I kind of watched grow up through the school system, struggled a little bit like me with rebellion, maybe like you, and uh, he took it a step further than I did, fair enough, and I, he went through the school system and he couldn't submit to the authority of the teachers. I know no one in here ever struggled with that, couldn't submit to the point where <laughs> he was kicked out out of the school system and the behavioral school system because he didn't, he didn't commit, he actually didn't come under the authority. And because he didn't come under the authority, he lost his education, essentially. And then I, I seen him in another sphere of influence. Um, he came to a youth group. And there's a night he couldn't submit. There was a bit of conflict. He didn't agree. And he didn't want to come under. So we called the parents. And the parent came and he didn't come under his authority, and he actually had pizza in his hand, and he projected the pizza at his parent onto the car, and he walked home. 
So I'm like, mate, you're not, things aren't working out for you here. Like, a pizza? You gave the pizza away? That was free pizza. Like, things are bad. You're not seeing clearly because the pizza, I think it was pepperoni too. It was free. It was for your belly. It's going to be good. It's a good thing. And you give it away. Are you crazy? That's when I realized he's not thinking straight. It wasn't the teacher thing. It wasn't not doing your homework. It was the pizza. I realized he's really lost it. He threw the pizza away. And he proceeded to walk home. So think about it. He's lost his education. He didn't come under the authority of his family, his parents. So, so the, the fra- there's a fractured relationship. He's lost that relationship, that, that closeness with his family. He then proceeded to walk home, which would have taken a few minutes in a car, which was there, it was available, there was four wheels that had fuel in the engine and the tank. But, but he, it took him hours, he didn't get home till late that night when I spoke to the parent. He was also in danger. Why? He was outside the umbrella. It could have rained. He would have been poured down. He could have got the cold. He could have got mugged. He could have got... He started to walk home. How stupid would it be if I walked around and it was pouring outside and there was a storm and there's lightning and all sorts of going on. I was walking around like this. <laughs> Hi, guys. Whee! Yeah, just fiddling about with my... It's pouring down and my suit going to work. Getting drenched and... All right, guys, how's it going? Just going to work. What's that for? Oh, it's just, a, I just enjoy walking with an umbrella. You think I'm nuts? Same way I thought he was nuts projecting the pizza. But you see, unfortunately in life, some of us, that's how we're living right now. He lost his education. He lost his friendships at the youth group because he wasn't allowed back for a season. And he pretty didn't want to come back because he was embarrassed. He lost his car journey home, which would have taken minutes and put him in danger of getting mugged or getting sick. He lost time on the journey home, wasting time just trying to get home. When transport was available, favor was there, but, it, but he just didn't put it over his head. Everything was in place. See, he couldn't protect his education. He couldn't protect his time. He couldn't protect his source of income because later on he tried to get a job and he lasted two days because the boss wouldn't let him go for 50 smoke breaks in one day in a two-hour shift. I made that up, but... He couldn't... So he lost his income. He then lost his self-esteem and his confidence because... Everything wasn't working out, and he didn't understand what was going on. Why is life's not fair? I'm a victim. And he also couldn't protect the next generation. Why? Because he didn't have the umbrella over his head. He didn't understand that authority maybe wasn't. You can picture him talking to me. Oh, the teachers are out to get me. They're like those guys in the classroom. This is the kind of stuff you hear. They like those kids better. Because they'd done their homework. They always picked on me. Employers, 
they're always picking on me. They sack me. It wasn't fair. They're bullying me. He started using all the words to try and get his own back. The police, oh, can't trust them. They're all out to get you. They're not just. It's the kind of language you hear. Parents, they don't understand. Always trying to stop me from having fun. They, put, they tell me I have to come in at 10 p.m. Like, what are you like? Dad, wise up. I'm come in when I want. Took the umbrella off. It's the kind of language some of us have. But in the end, what does it look like? In the end, what if, what if the, the umbrella is more about your protection than it is about your domination? What if God has put authority in place not to hurt you? What if all authority isn't bad? What if God has put structures in place for, for, for communities and for cultures to operate and function better, not worse? See, rebellion, it rises its head in us all the time. But we've got to expose it with truth. That's why we're talking about it today. See, some of you came in today and you were raging because Billy told you to park to the left. <laughs> John Atino's saying, no, no, here's your space. You're like, nope, I'm reversing it. I'm going somewhere else. Rebellion. It's always rise. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm my own boss. Teacher, I'm not doing the homework. Don't tell me what to do. Employer, who do you think you are? Tell me to come in 10 minutes early to be on time. Who do you think? Protection. Protection. Maybe it's not you against the employer. Maybe it's not you against the teacher. Maybe it's you versus you. It says in Isaiah 14, we read this last week, the devil, this is Lucifer, he was in heaven, he was in structured, a structured position as a worshiper, and he said this, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens, I will raise my throne above the stars of God, I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of my Mount Zaphron, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds, I will make myself like the Most High, but you are bought brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. What is the most common word there, or, or, or word there? I, 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 I can do this. I will be better. I am smarter. They don't know what they're doing. I will fix this. I, I, I. Where are we saying, I have my rights. I have my ways. It says in 1 Samuel 15 and 23, it's very quiet in here, it's very quiet, for rebellion is, is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Because you've rejected teachers, you've also rejected yourself from being educated because you've rejected the authority of your employer and disrespected him, you've rejected what it is to have access to income. Because you have rejected the ability or the opportunity to honor your parents, you've rejected what it is to have a, a tight family unit. Because you've rejected 
the authority in your home, there's now division in the home. Let's think about how God always works through authority. The story of Jonah going to Nineveh, God very clearly spoke to him in his presence at church, at the prayer meeting, says, go to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, no, got a better idea. Gets on a boat, there's a storm, and he doesn't have his umbrella up. And it, the storm doesn't, <laughs> where, where Jonah's gone, he's actually bringing dif- dysfunction with him. So now Jonah's not just dysfunctional himself. He's not drenched in dysfunction. He's also, the people on the boat are getting hit as well because Jonah's in the boat and Jonah then confesses and realizes, oh my word, I'm the problem here. Where are we the problem? Maybe there's a situation that you're getting drenched and there's issues of dysfunction. What if there's areas in your life that you need to correct and put back into line? And there's people in your family and your friendship circle at work are getting drenched because of you. So Jonah had that situation. He disobeyed God, done his own thing. And there was a storm. And they were questioning why. And, and, and Jonah fessed up. He says, you're going to have to throw me in. And he was cast off the boat. And as soon as he was cast off the boat, the umbrella came up, the, calm, the storm calmed. Order was restored. In the same way, Lucifer was a worshiper He dropped the umbrella. He was cast out of heaven. In the same way, Adam and Eve were in the garden. They dropped the umbrella. They were cast out of the garden. In the same way, the children children of Israel were in the desert trying to find the promised land where there was provision, resource, a job. And they dropped the umbrella and they were walking home without the car. We heard this the other week. The journey that the Israelites were supposed to take was only, if they went straight, would have only taken 11 days. But they went around without the umbrella, and it took 40 years. Where are we in a position where we're circling, and there's a repeat cycle of sin, iniquity, a pattern of some sort, and you're just going to keep circling? You're going to waste time. You see, Coming under the umbrella protects your time. Get in the car. Don't project the pizza. It tastes good. Pepperoni's good for you, I think. Don't project the pizza. God always works through authority. You see, the Trinity is the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're both, they're all equal parts of the Godhead, but there, there's an order of function and authority. Jesus says, I do nothing except what the Father says. What is that? Authority. He's equal, but his role is different. The Holy Spirit comes under the authority of the Son. He, the Holy Spirit is here to do the work of the Son on the earth. That's why the church needs the Holy Spirit, because it's the representation of Jesus on the earth. In us. And that's why we need the truth as Jesus took the truth of the word, but he also listened to the spirit of God. And that's how he made decisions. But we start with the truth as our framework. 
So Jesus submitted himself to to the authority of the Father. But watch this. Jesus didn't just submit himself to the authority of the Father. He submitted himself to the authorities of the earth, too. It says here in Matthew 22 and 21, it says, Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him and went away, because they were trying to catch him out. And so Jesus was saying, listen, I'm not here to rebel against the authorities, because I know God understands who's in authority. He understands how dysfunctional they are. He understood how dysfunctional Saul was. But David still knew he had to come under the authority, because if he didn't, he would become Saul. But he was anointed king. It says, now watch this. This is really important. It says in Romans, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. We read this earlier. For there's no authority except which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Even worse, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Jonah brought judgment on himself. Why? He dropped the umbrella. That young lad, he brought judgment on himself because he dropped the umbrella. And every sphere of, of society that he dropped the umbrella, he received judgment, disorder. He didn't get blessed. He didn't find order. It, it didn't work. And the same applies to us. See, we need to come under those things God has put over us if if we want to come over those things God has put beneath us. That's why sin is supposed to be beneath us. The iniquities, the patterns of sin are supposed to be beneath us. But if we remove the umbrella, they can come over us. Jesus died and rose again so that we could conquer sin, overcome it, break the curse. In, in our families, in our friendship circles, in our marriages. But if we don't put the umbrella up, we're powerless. We're walking home. We don't have a car. So what if submitting to authority is about protection, not domination? What if it looks that way from what I'm saying here? We're going to talk a little bit about this in the weeks to come in, in, in the situation. Some of us are single, some of us are married, but, but God has also instituted a structure for marriage. It says, wives, submit. Don't get excited, man. <laughs> wives, submit to your husband. What is that about? Protection. Why? Because it goes on to say that, man, lay down your life for your wife. That's an even bigger call. For your wife, like Christ laid down his life for the church. That's easy to submit to someone who will lay down their life for you. It's easy. They're going first. Yeah, I'm learning to lay down my life and kill spiders for my wife. I failed her a few times and I felt the weight and I just, that, that verse just came to mind. I need to lay my life down take these creatures out. I repent. I'm sorry, Pat. I was late a few times, and I'm, I'm going to get better. <laughs> you see, the church, what is the church? 
it's, the church is really just a gathering of believers. But God didn't just leave the church alone, just like, like a bunch of kids in school in the assembly hall. Like, let's just hope this, it, the science experiments work out without anyone being trained, without anyone having any knowledge about how to use a Bunsen burner. Just go for it. He, he didn't do that with the church because he realized it would be chaos. The umbrella would be down. He created order. What is the church there to do? Why is the church in place? Why has it got structure? To protect. Why does the Bible say in Hebrews 10 and 24, and let us consider how we may spur on one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together? Why? Why should we come under the umbrella of not giving up meeting together? Because it protects you and your spiritual walk. It protects your heart from lies. It protects your mind from, from the culture. And so those who stop meeting together, listen, the church used to meet daily. Really, the Acts church met daily together. We're meeting once a week and people struggle. And what I'm telling you is if you're not coming to some church or going and you're committed and under the authority of a local church, the umbrella is down. If you're the leader of your home and you're not saying to your kids, no, this is what we, it's not an if, it's not a feeling that we go to church, it's a decision. And if you're just going to let kids decide when they're under your authority whether they should go to church or not, the umbrella's here. Whether you like the idea of it or not, whether you think it's a good idea, it's, it's, this isn't a thinking thing. If we give up meeting together, the umbrella is down. And, and it protects the next generation. So let's not complain in 10, 20 years' time when your, your children aren't interested in God, interested, don't have any moral values, are confused. Why? Because they've, they've been unprotected. They've listened to the narrative of the world, which is ever-changing. They don't know who they are. They don't have identity in Christ. They, they don't have any idea of a destiny or eternity. Don't be surprised if you haven't made a, made a decision to put your umbrella up and commit to a local church. Because it's God's way of protecting you and protecting the family. It's the only way. Can I get an amen? And I think in this season, I think that's really important to say, because COVID, this is what I'm saying, I'm looking at COVID, I'm looking at what it's done, I'm looking at how it's divided, I'm, I'm looking at how it's delayed, I'm looking at how it's made people get in, it's caused people, or give them an excuse for the flesh to kick up, for the pride to kick up and get lazy and stop meeting. But I'm, I'm, I'm warning you, as the scripture warns you, don't be surprised if you're throwing pizza don't be surprised if you're not taking the lift any longer. Don't be surprised if you're not educated and the next generation fails. And, and don't be surprised. It's, it's, don't be surprised if, if, if you're not coming under the authority of God's way, then, then your kids aren't. Don't be surprised. You've taught them that. You've led them there. Don't be surprised. See, David didn't ask for Saul. He got Saul. And listen, I would, I would say as I look at the scriptures, David was anointed king as Saul started to fight. 
Saul started to throw spears. Saul started to resist him. But listen, I don't know about you, but for me to get fit, I need resistance. For me to be light on my feet, for me to have an active mind, an active soul, I need resistance. What if Saul was exactly what the doctor ordered? What if Saul was what David needed to prepare him for his kingship to be an anointed king? Maybe you're going through some resistance right now, and it's exactly what the doctor ordered. It's exactly what you need. You need to get out of comfort. You need to get out of easy. You need to get out of just going through life with comfort and not being challenged. Maybe we need that. Maybe there's a reason why the persecuted church is thriving, alive, seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. Maybe. Maybe the power of God cannot be unleashed until we begin to move. See, I, I heard this during the week. I don't want to be a part of a church, a gathering that is stagnant, that is spiritually overweight, that just wants to eat. You've heard it said, oh, I'm just not getting fed there. That's good. We all need food, right? We all need food. To, to why? To operate. To function. But when it gets to this stage, all we want to do is go and dine out all the time with no purpose of just eating. What's that? Are you fit? See, I, I want to be a part of a church that doesn't just talk about the Good Samaritan, but teaches people how to become the Good Samaritan. We don't just come and sit in a pew and, a, and be a spectator. What's good's that? What are you going to do? You're just going to complain? Pick out all the faults? Because you're doing nothing yourself? Listen, as I said, I used to complain about referees until I became one. <laughs> so I see you complain. I'll put you straight into leadership and we'll, I'll, I'll enjoy it. <laughs> because that's the reality. We're, we're all, we all have stuff to deal with. We all, there's no perfect scenario. There's no perfect leadership in a church or in a school or in the police. There's no, everyone gets it wrong. And I'm not saying we, we shouldn't have accountability. Of course we should. But it's not you versus them. It's you versus you. You see, God protects us. I'm going to finish here. God protects us when we are positioned correctly. God protects us. It's all laid out for us. It's, it's there, plain, black and white. It's just our choice. That young man, he had the choice. Yes, he might have had a, a hard start in life. Yes, he maybe hadn't, this is, maybe his father didn't exemplify it. Maybe no one ever told him or he never felt loved or, or all that. I get it, I understand, but until he takes responsibility Let's go of the victim mentality and decide, you know what, I'm going to trust God's word over anybody else's. And I, I'm, just, I'm just going to come under. And not just for a week, and not just for a day, but, but for the foreseeable future. And you know, sometimes when you're under the umbrella, sometimes you don't realize until it's gone. <laughs> sometimes you don't realize, oh, you get wet when you take this thing down get drenched by dysfunction. Sometimes we learn and that's okay. But let's get our umbrella back up. And let's make sure we're under God's power and his provision is found under here. 
the promised land was where the children of Israel were supposed to be in 11 days. The promised land had provision. The promised land had jobs lined up. It had all kinds of things happening. What if things aren't working out in your life right now because you're just doing it your own way? What if God has a promised land for you? And even though your past was messy and even though you made mistakes and you sinned, God's a restorer. You know, the name of our church, Ariat, it means resurrection life. It's a new beginning. Some of you have came in, you've made mistakes time and time again. You've sinned time and time again. You've ignored God up till now. I want to tell you, it's, it's a new beginning. There's a line in the sand. This is a fresh start. The past, forget about it. Learn from it, but it's gone. It's a lesson. Let's get the umbrella up. And let's actually live on purpose, with purpose. And let's actually do something significant on the earth. Let's not just go for meals. Small chat. Say, put ourselves out there into the firing line, but don't go alone. The Bible talks about we got a shield of faith. We don't have to live life on the firing line without protection, without strength. You will be most alive. You'll experience the most incredible experiences on earth when you live life with God's purpose. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.